The anointing of God is present to teach. <laughs> wow, what a presence. Those that need to be dismissed, you're dismissed at this time. If there's whatever class, there's no dismissal. We're going to cover, wait a minute, let's talk patience, part two tonight. And if you were with us last week on Wednesday night, God was good to us. We had a lot of fun talking about patience. And there were five P's. I didn't get through them all. I only got through two of them. But tonight we're going to try to get all five of them in. God is good. Lord, thank you for your people. I praise you and I worship you. Thank you for your presence tonight, Father. You are so strong upon us. Worship you, Lord. I thank you. Let there be impartations tonight of glory, impartations of grace, I pray, by the Spirit of God. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. We'll take a text, Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 36. Tonight's flow may be different than last Wednesday night. We had a lot of fun. I don't, we're we're going to have a good time tonight, but I almost feel something prophetic tonight. This is really strong tonight. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 36. For ye have need of what? Patience. After that you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. We are the reaping generation, friends. And it's quite... Uh, it's quite interesting that, that God would position us at this place and this time and would keep emphasizing patience. I, I just, I honestly, uh, when the Lord brought this to my mind, I had forgotten that Pastor Nancy just did a message on patience uh, about um, uh, three weeks ago. Patience does what? Has brought, me favor. Has brought me favor. Great message. But, you know, the Lord wants to emphasize this. And we're a, somebody say we're a Holy Ghost church. Praise God. For you have need of patience after that you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. When you have done the will of God, friends, you have done the word of God. James tells us that we're not to be hear, uh, doers of the word, uh, hearers of the word only, but we're to be what? Doers. Of the word or doers of the will. You can use will and word interchangeably. The word of God is the will of God. That should be no news to it, this crowd. When you go to someone's last will and testament and they read it. Because Aunt Sally passed or something. They read the will. There's a written piece of paper that tells you I want Joey to get this. I want Ann to get that. I want Sam to get this. What have you. These are the will. That's the desire you understand? So a person's will, what's written on that word is their will. So when you do the will of God, you're doing the word. When you do the word of God, you're doing the will of God. Now let me read this to you in uh, this couple more scriptures, Hebrews 6.12, as we approach the subject again. That ye be not slothful, but followers of those who through faith and what? Faith and patience inherit the promises. God wants you to inherit something. He wants you to inherit His best. He wants you to inherit His promises. But in order for you to do it, it's great. God's been blessing us with a series on faith. It's been phenomenal. Week in, week in and week out, we've been filled with a message on faith. But now there's a follow-up on patience. I see it coming fairly strong. See, it takes faith and, everybody say and. and. Faith and patience to inherit the promises. Now, patience is, an, is a key component in the kingdom of God. Without patience, people cannot experience God's best for their lives. 
and uh, really God's best for his kingdom. When you experience God's best for your life, then you are able to share God's best with other people. When you settle for less and you become impatient about something and you settle for less, then there's less glory, if you will, manifest through your life for other people, for you to share with other people or for other people to take note that you're a blessed person. Can I say it this way, that the blessing of God, He can bless you a certain amount, but in order for Him to carry away to the full the blessing that He wants you to be, not only you be blessed, but in the earth, we've got to be patient. And you've heard it, I'm sure, a lot of times in, in, in uh, scripts, they, they say this phrase, wait for it, wait for it, wait. Okay, now, I get it. So there's a timing to it, amen? So we, we talked uh, earlier about, about uh, I mean, last week about patience. And in a nutshell, basically, patience involves a segment of time and an attitude that is exercised during the period of time, or better yet, a spiritual posture. I was going to say that uh, there's, a, there's a way to sometimes to describe uh, patience by what it's not, by impatience, not willing to wait for something. Uh, not wanting or eager to do something without waiting or showing that you don't want to wait. How about this? Being restless, short-tempered. Ever, anybody seen that? Irritated. Irritated at delays. Intolerant. That it, those attitudes are very prevalent in our, in our surroundings. And in our, we're so used to doing things fast. Of course, we talked last week about how fast things have become, that it used to take five weeks to travel one-third of the way into the United States uh, on locomotive. We didn't even, that was in 1800. Then by 1830, it took only, what, two or three weeks to go about the same distance. Now, today, by train, you could go the same distance from actually, not the same, from coast to coast in about three or four days. But can you imagine what it, life would have been like in the 1800s? Can you imagine traveling for a month and a week? A month and a week. And today, I can make reservations, like we said last week, on Southwest Airlines, fly from Oakland and go to LaGuardia Airport in, in six and three quarter hours. Absolutely astounding how things have sped up. But unfortunately, we have lost the fine art of exercising patience. And really, patience is a part of the, whole, of, of the gifts, of the, uh, or rather, of the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5. Is that right? So, here's the thing. If you tell me that you don't have patience, that you're irritable all the time and you can't wait, it's actually that you cannot, it's that we won't. Okay, it's that we won't wait. And this, the reason why God wants you to hear this tonight and the last couple of sessions is because there are some things that we have to wait to get God's best. And I'm going to help give you several P's. We looked at some of them about uh, several P's to help you to exercise the patience that you already have because you've got it. You've got love, you've got to exercise love. You've got joy, you've got to exercise joy. Well, you've got patience, you've got to exercise it in order to get God's best. Somebody said amen. amen. Some people may say, how come I always end up with a short end of the stick? I'd look at your patience level. Let's look at this. Um, okay, uh, just a few verses. We have to, so, so we want to learn how to wait well. Maybe this segment of time together, we're going to learn how to do that. Psalms 27 
verse 13 through 14. I'll just read a few scriptures. There's about three of them in the Psalms here. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Then he goes on to say, wait on the Lord. Be of good courage and he will strengthen your heart. Again, I'm saying he says, wait, I say on the Lord. Let's look at that in the Amplified Bible. What would, I have be, what would have become of me if I had not believed that what I would see the Lord's goodness in the land of the living? And it goes on to say in verse 14, look at this word again. Wait and hope for and expect the Lord. Be brave and of good courage and let your heart be stout and enduring. Yes, wait for and hope for and expect the Lord. Key words here, friends, wait to hope, to expect for the Lord to come through for you. Waiting is not passive. The world would make you think that if you are waiting for anything, it's a waste of time. That's not the way in the king, it is in the kingdom of God. Waiting is not a curse. I, I don't know if anybody's going to eat this or not. I'm telling you, waiting is not a curse from hell. Waiting is something that God has ordained. And we're going to see in a few moments why we wait. Are you ready to look? Let's touch some of the P's. The first P. Oh, man. Well, let me just... mm. The first P we looked at last week was the look at the plant, P, plant. The fact of the matter is God has ordained certain processes in the earth today. And many things, when when describing the kingdom of heaven, Jesus pointed to the plant. We looked at this last week, but we'll read the verse. It's all right so we can cover the P's tonight. Mark 4, 26 through 29, he says, So it is... The kingdom of God as if a man should cast seed into the ground, Mark 4, 26, now 27, and should sleep and rise night and day and the seed should spring up and grow and he knows not how. Verse 28, for the earth brings forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, after that the full corn in the ear. But when the fruit is brought forth, immediately he putteth in the sickle because the harvest is come. Harvest represents the reward or the fulfillment of the promise. Remember our text today, you have need of patience, that after you have what? Waited or have exercised patience, you might be able to inherit or get hold fully of the promise. So like the farmer, God has ordained things to take time, and we need to look like a farmer looks, that things take time to develop, and everything that this world does to speed things up is not necessarily healthy. If they can get a tomato to blow up in three days, that's not necessarily healthy for you. Just because they did some, uh, what do they call it? Some GMO alteration of the DNA of the, of the, of the uh, growing process does not mean that it's good for you. In fact, it's proven that many of those foods that you eat, your body doesn't know what to do with it. The molecular structure doesn't go down smoothly. Your body doesn't get the nutrients. Hello. In fact, the nutrients are many times stripped from it. But what I'm trying to tell you is we live in a world that's obsessed with getting faster and faster and faster. 
And yet what God's trying to say, don't you get caught up in that merry-go-round. There are some things that you can benefit from being faster, but there are other things. Be careful because the process of Genesis is still in operation. There are still things that take time to grow and develop. People are one of them. Relationships. Ministries. Hello, somebody. And look what happens here. Here's a warning. Psalms 106 verse 13. But they, in the Amplified Bible 106 13. But they, the Israelites, hastily forgot his works. They did not earnestly wait for his plans to develop regarding them. You see, your life and my life, all of life, in fact, everything in the earth that we see around us, it starts first with a seed. Then there's, there's a little sprout, then the blade, and after the blade comes up and matures, then the ear, then the full corn in the ear. And no matter what people tell you, there's no shortcut in God. There's no shortcut in life. What you sow, you're going to reap. You want a better life? You want a better relationship? You want a better marriage? Then start sowing little seeds of love and start cultivating it and start watering it. You want better finances? Go to a, go to a, some instru- get some instruction on finances and start with something small. Sow a seed of your time. Sow a seed of information. Start changing your act- actions as a little seed. Hello, a little seed, friends. Some people want something real dramatic. God, save me. God, get me out of debt. God, help me. God, save my marriage. But see what God's trying to say. Will you sow the first seed? Will you take the first step? Will you change the way you talk? Will you change the little seed of what you're saying? Will you change the seed of what you're... And start praying. And that's what he's looking for. It's seed time and harvest. As long as the earth remaineth, this is the system. I don't care what the men in white coats say. In Stanford or in any other, or in MIT, I don't care what they're doing with genetics. This is what God established and it's how it works. You coming to church and hearing the word, here a little, there a little. A lot of people think, hey, I'm just going to get real, uh, I'm going to stoke up on the word and then forget God. That's not how it works. It's always little seeds. Here a little, there a little. Not here a lot, there a lot, and then skip it. And I'm going, I'm playing football for the rest of the year. Some people go to church twice a year and that's it. That's not good enough. That's not what God ordained. Oh man, I'm getting on my soapbox now. You see, some people, they're not willing to understand that the, as we look to the plant, that it is like the plan of God. You have to earnestly wait for His plan to develop regarding them. And 106.13 in the New International, look, listen what it says here. But they soon forgot what He had done and did not wait for His plan to unfold. Like a plant, there are God-ordained processes. As we mentioned earlier, it takes time. You need to take your time. You need to enjoy the season. The seasons will come and the seasons will go and God is in charge of the seasons and if you're doing the right thing and sowing the right seeds you have nothing to worry about you can wait for the harvest it's going to be all right let's go to the next p which i a little out of order but this was process growth and development let me show you something about about a process see we don't like process we we want to skip ahead and get to the top but what we need to do is you got to start 
you got to crawl before you walk. You start skipping steps, you're going to hurt yourself. God's the one that ordained development. Look at this, Isaiah 11, verse 1 through 3. We're talking about the second P, process, growth and development. There shall come forth a rod of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow uh, out of his roots, speaking of Jesus. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, and the spirit of wisdom and understanding, and the spirit of counsel and might, and the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord, basically are going to rest on him. And verse 3, and shall make him of a quick understanding in the fear of the Lord, and he shall judge not after his eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of his ears. And you see, what he's showing here is the development of Jesus when he came. That's basically what he's describing. Let's skip over to Isaiah 53, verse 1 through 3. Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Now watch this. We're talking about process now. See, Jesus didn't come to the earth high and mighty. He came as a seed, very gentle as a baby. Come on, somebody. Verse 2. For he shall grow up before him as a mammoth Redwood tree. No, no. It says, for he shall grow up before him as a what? Tender plant. And as even as a root out of dry ground. For he has no former comeliness that we shall see him. There's no beauty that we should re- desire him. He's despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows. I'm telling you, this is not the picture of what a lot of people thought Jesus would be like. They thought that Messiah was going to be this powerful warrior that was going to come and take over and restore the kingdom back to Israel. And yet it came back as this tender thing like, what's this? We're talking about a process. Everybody say process. process. Start small. That's why you got to be careful. Be careful about small things. You know, a little, a little bit of gossip, a little, a little wrong seed, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. That's why you got to be careful to always keep, take care of business, take care of the little things, make your heart is right. Don't let little things sneak in because they can grow up and take over your life. Guys. Do I really need to talk to you about this? You, we got to watch what we're thinking about. You let that little seed come into your mind and you play with it. You're germinating a seed, folks. Rip it out, guys. Think right. Girls, you too. Think right. Praise God. Don't let the wrong seeds grow in your life. Anyway, word to the wise. So here's a thought. The next P we're going to look at is plan. You know, it really helps me to be patient. It really helps me to be patient and wait when I know that there's actually a plan. God is not haphazard about your life. He is not um, oblivious of what you're going through. There is a reason why you're going through whatever it is that you're going through. There's a reason and there's a plan in God to help you to be victorious and and lift up the name of Jesus. Let me show you something. Jeremiah 29, 11. I love this scripture, especially in the Amplified. Can you look at that with me, please? Look at this. We are, your life is not a a conglomerate of random events and one year is a good year because there were some random good events and another year is not so good a year because there's some random bad events that happen. You may not always know what's ha- that something good is happening. That's why the Bible talks to us in Peter. He says, he says, if any man wants to see good days, let him keep his lips from speaking treachery and guile. We have to be careful what we're saying because with Amplified Bible says, if you want to see good days, whether apparent or not, 
keep your mouth. Because see, you may be going through a season that doesn't look very good, but you're, if you just stick with the plan, somebody say stick with the plan. Hallelujah. What plan? The plan I'm about to read you. And what was that? What was that plan? For I know the thoughts and the plans that I have for you. This is prophetic for you tonight. Will you take it? Will you take it home? Will you bank on it? The thoughts and the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Thoughts and plans for welfare. And that doesn't mean you're going to be on government cheese. And peace. Because the government can't afford the cheese anymore, apparently. (laughs) Peace and not for evil. And give you hope in your final outcome. I'm telling you, God has plans for all of us. Now, I want to tell you very briefly a story. I'll refer to this. It's the story of Joseph. If anybody looked at Joseph, you would think the guy is cursed. Poor guy. He sure got the rough break. First of all, he got a vision. He had a dream, right? But we're not going to read all the verses because we'd be here all night. Maybe I wouldn't mind that. But if somebody fell out, I'd have to pray for him. Like Paul preached all night. Kid fell out the window. Had to pray for him. We're not going to do that to you. In Genesis 37, you see the story of Joseph having the vision. He had a dream. And you know the dream, how he dreamed that all the brothers came and bowed to him and all that, right? They hate him all the more. And then there's the story of betrayal. You think a guy, oh, the anointing of God is all over me. The anointing of God's all over you, Tammy. The vision, God gave you a dream and a vision. He's all over you, Tammy. Yeah, the next day, your family betrays you, strips you of everything you got. Throws you in a hole somewhere, sells you into slavery, human slavery somewhere, and you're forgotten about. But, but I had a dream. But, 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 but what about the plan? What, who would have ever thought that a man thrown into slavery, betrayed, abducted, sold into human trafficking, just a thought, into forced labor at Potiphar's house, falsely accused, thrown into prison... And then forgotten about after who would have ever thought that that was the plan. And I just went in about 30 seconds. This amazing, ridiculous to the mind. It's ridiculous to the mind. But who would have ever thought that by that God strategically was moving Joseph? Okay, good, good. Get closer south. That's it. Beating nights. That's great. Right on schedule. Oh, prison. That's great. Closer to the Pharaoh. There you go. Oh, there's the there's the butler and the and the wine taster. Great. Okay, okay. Dream time. Oh, there's the anointing, and he interprets the dream. But then they forgot about him. But he st- he stayed cool and calm because he had a dream. Somebody say, I have a dream. I got news for you. Martin Luther King Jr. was not the only one with a dream. You should have a dream. God's giving you a dream. Hallelujah. Somebody say, I have a dream. And I think it was two years that passed. He's still in that hole in the dungeon. But eventually, eventually, I think it was the butler remembered. Who died? The baker? (laughs) The baker did it with the candlestick and the... Never mind. The guy that lived told Pharaoh about the, the guy he forgot. He said, Joseph said this. You remember, tell him about me. Tell everybody about me when you get up there, right? When you go upstairs and get out of this place, tell people about me. They forgot about him. 
I've got news for you. This comes right to my heart. Do you remember the story of Esther when Mordecai was telling her, you know what, now's the time for you to speak up. Who knows that you weren't brought into the kingdom for such a time as this. And then he issued a warning to her, which is really a word of encouragement for us. And by the way, he says, if you don't step up to the plate right now, God's salvation shall arise from another place. Now, listen, listen, this is what this is what that tells me. That God has positioned people strategically around you and you around certain people for his salvation to be seen. But even if that person that God put in your path and they're supposed to bless you, that contract is supposed to help you, that realtor, that lawyer, that doctor, whatever is supposed to help you, that family member. And if they fall through, don't worry about it. Because salvation then shall arise from Another place. Because God is a God that plans. Hallelujah. He doesn't do. He commanded the blessing on you. He commands you to be blessed, Luther. He commands you. He not command. He commands the blessing on your life, Antonio. He commands the blessing on your life. And if it falls through in one spot, then there's another salvation will arise. can help but arise from another place. Because he's given commandment to bless. I hope that helps somebody the way it helps me. Hallelujah. So let's look at this. So when there's a plan, you see what happened. Here here was the plan. Get him into the prison. Get him to interpret dreams. And then he'll be summoned by Pharaoh. And the next step, everybody knows what happened. When the wisdom of God was all over him. And Pharaoh said, whoa, whoa, whoa. This guy is tremendous here. Nobody. This was the, the law of the land. Nobody shall lift their finger unless Joseph says. And then eventually it finally happened. All the brothers came and they bowed and the whole thing. You know, here's a thought. Here's a thought of encouragement for you. This is a good plan for you. Now, even though in the interim it doesn't feel very good for some of you, what you're going through doesn't feel too good. In the end, it's not, you're going to be really blessed when when you see it. In the end, you shall see it. All right. But just the same, because see, the path of the righteous is getting brighter and brighter. You're headed for better days, not worse days. Somebody help me. But the thought is this. You're, you're headed for better days so that you could be a better and greater blessing. That's what it's for. Because the, 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 the explanation that Joseph had was this. He said, you, you meant it for me for evil, but the Lord meant it for good. So that many people would be saved alive. And you, understand, you know the story. The known world at the time would have starved had it not been for one man named somebody say Joseph. He was a man with the anointing and the plan. You may be bored with what you're doing. You may think that you're being persecuted. You may be, think that people are treating you wrong. But have patience and let God work his plan and let his plan unfold. Can you wait? Can you just wait for his plan to unfold? Can you stay in the right spirit? See, Joseph busied himself with the right attitude. He stayed encouraged. He didn't become uh, angry or he didn't become bitter. He just kept doing the right thing. Well, they treated me wrong. Keep doing the right thing. Keep doing the right thing. And before you know it, promotion's coming. Hallelujah. You do the right thing, promotion comes. Hallelujah. So let's look at the next thing. Where are we? What were we just looking at? Purple. Uh, the plan. Woo, I love it. 
Praise God, the plan. So there is a plan. It's not some haphazard thing. He, this is like Mission Impossible. You know, I love shows like Mission Impossible. They do these crazy things like, whoa, the vent, the, the this, the fan, the, the ceiling, the other ground, the other thing. Before you know it, they're in some impossible place doing some impossible thing. And that's why they call it Mission Impossible. <laughs> now that was deep for some of you that didn't get that. That was, that was real deep. So there's a divine plan. Praise God. Now, I want you to know something. Ephesians 2.10, and then we'll move to the next thing. For God's own, we are God's own handiwork, His workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those works which God predestined and planned beforehand for us, taking the paths that He prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living The terrible life. No, living the good life which he prearranged. You can't miss. Somebody say you can't miss. miss. Prearranged and made ready for us to live. Praise God. Here's another thing that will help. Another P that will help you to be patient. To not lose your cool when something's taking longer than you thought. When When you're doing a little suffering. And by the way, can I just take a little side journey here? The, uh, one, of the, one of the words that you see for patience is long-suffering. Now, oh, did you... I, that's an old English word. That doesn't apply. No, I just said it. Long... Somebody say suffer. Sometimes to be patient, say it hurts. Long-suffering. Yeah, it... it Sometimes I'm telling you, sometimes it takes, but there's grace to do it. I'm telling you, do it with the right attitude. And the Bible talks about with joyfulness. If we get to the last P, you'll see it. But there's some things that you have to wait through it joyfully, even if it hurts. Pastor Tom, really? Does it, what do you think long suffering is about? But you see, when you're doing it in Christ, you could get through it with joy. Amen. You know, like. Like Jacob, when he was waiting, when Laban cheated him the first seven years, gave him the wrong daughter for him to marry. So then he 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 made him serve another seven years. That's somebody say pain. pain. Seven years, but you know what it says that he was so happy about that girl that those seven years went by like that. It says it went by quickly. <laughs> you know, the, when the grace of God is on you, you could do that extra. You could, you could take care of that person a little longer. You could stay at that job a little longer. You could act a little nicer for a longer period of time. You can do this when you've got the grace of God. Because remember, you can exercise somebody, say patience, which is interpreted in some translations, long-suffering. But let's, let's look at something. Another P is purpose. Purpose. See, by keeping the purpose of why, why are we doing this? By keeping the purpose, like a mother that's, a, that's, in, that, that's giving birth to a baby. How many, somebody say pain. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I have a lot of respect for mom. I see, a lot, see some moms smiling going, yeah, I know what you're talking about. No, actually they're saying, you don't know what you're talking about. Well, I was there when our, both our boys were born, but I've never seen anything like it in my life. I was like, that, like ah, ah, and all that, oh Lord Jesus. <laughs> I saw some pain, but for the joy, somebody say for the joy. But for the joy that was, it's like they quickly forget when they put that little baby on, uh, on, on their chest and they see that all of a sudden you forget about all the, somebody say pain and you start seeing all the, somebody say joy. joy. Hallelujah. See, much greater, this is a word from the Lord, much greater is the joy than the pain. 
For this light affliction, I like that in the Message Bible. I didn't have it. It says these are just small potatoes in the Message Bible. These are small potatoes compared to the reward that's coming. Hallelujah. Oh, I see some good things for you, friends. I see good things for Heart of the Bay. I see good things for the men and women that will stand in their place and be steadfast and be patient and have a good attitude even day in and day out. Like, they don't know how. Like, he's like the farmer. He says, he just, he doesn't know how it happens. They just go to sleep. Well, I don't know, Pastor Tom. I just keep coming to church. I keep keep giving. I keep serving. I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know how I'm going to be debt free. I don't know how I'm going to walk fully, completely, totally, you know, healed and free from all of these things that have come against my life. But I know it shall be. And you know what? He rises night and day. But see, the earth bears fruit in and of herself. God is at work for you, friends. There are things that you cannot see. God is at work in the invisible realm. There are angels that are busy tending your way. He's moving up people, places, and things to bless you and to set you up for a blessing. Oh, hallelujah. This is getting so big. I don't know. I'm trying to teach, but I'm getting... uh, I told you tonight was going to be different. You get the other... Oh, Lord, have mercy. God is good. Purpose. Hebrews 12, 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. When you see endured, you know that was patience. You know that was long suffering. He endured the cross. Despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne. What did Jesus do? He saw the reward. He saw the purpose for going to the cross. There's got to be a purpose. If you're going to make a sacrifice for something, it better count for something. And the more you see the purpose behind it, the easier it is for you to go through with it all the way. 1 John chapter 3, verse 8. And I'll call it B because it's the second portion. It says, he, uh, and B says, For this purpose the Son of God was manifested that He might do what? That He might destroy the works of the devil. I like it in the Amplified Bible. Look what it says. Uh, The reason the Son of God was manifest, visible, was to do what? Undo, destroy, loosen, and dissolve the works, what? The devil has done. You know, when you, I'm sure you walk around and you see people that are absolutely broken. You see physical conditions, you see relationships that are destroyed, you see children that are hurting, people hurting everywhere. And you know what they need? They need a manifestation of Jesus and His love and His anointing. But see, he went to the cross seeing all those people. And he endured the pain so that he knew that today you and I can go about and dissolve and destroy and break apart every chain that holds people. I love that song. There's power in the name of Jesus that breaks every chain. Hallelujah. So that was the purpose he said. So friends... You've got to have a purpose. There's got to be a purpose. When you're going through something, it'll help you to be patient when you see the purpose. So, so far we said, look at the plant. Look at the process. Look at the plan. Look at the purpose. Let's look at another one uh, uh, regarding purpose. And I I didn't know that I was going to be able to get into this, but I think I could hit it. (laughs) I'm I'm good with this. uh, This is shouting ground. You thought I was excited before. God has purposed in himself to appoint times and seasons. Pastor was preaching on seasons. See, there are things that God has appointed times for. And for you try to hothouse something, and this is outside of us, you know, believing we receive and other things. There's things bigger than just you and me. There's huge projects God has in the kingdom. 
And there are appointed times for things to happen. And they're in our lifetime. This is so exciting. And if you get in on it, if you happen to cash in on it and stay in faith and be patient, you'll get super blessed. I mean, you know, when people gamble, I've never done the lotto, but there's super lotto or something bigger than just the normal one. Don't worry, I won't indict you if you shake your head. I know that there seems to be a there seems to be a super power ball or something. I don't know what, but it's like that's got some extra steroids on it (laughs) and and see it's never wrong to walk by faith it's never wrong to pray and believe you receive and do all those things that we know but when there's a move of God because he appointed a season boy get your surfboards out we're gonna take a surf everybody we're gonna ride the wave in and nothing listen nothing can stop that wave Nothing can stop. These are the appointed times. Let me read you something to see if this makes your heart happy. Acts chapter 1, verse 7 through 8, in the Amplified. He said to them, it is not for you to become acquainted and to know what time brings. And in this case, they were asking, are you going to restore the kingdom back? But this is where he said, the things and the events of time and their definite periods or their fixed years and seasons. Better yet, their critical niche in time, which the Father has done what? appointed and fixed and reserved by his own choice and authority and personal power. I want you to catch this, friends. The Father has appointed and fixed and reserved some things by his own choice, his own authority, and his own personal power. Well, what exactly has he appointed? Well, let's talk. This is not all of them. There's lots of them. But tonight, this is really exciting because you're going to see when you look at the purposes of God, God has purposed in himself to bring some things to pass. Look at Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 3. For the vision is yet for what? Say it. An appointed time. But at the end, it will speak. It will not lie. Though it tarries, wait. Somebody say wait. Wait for it, because it shall surely come. It will not tarry. I love this in the Amplified. I'm reading three different versions. This is the Amplified. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, and it hastens to the end. Fulfillment. See, what God has spoken, the, the situation that, that we're going to talk in the next few moments about, these things are hastening to become fulfilled. It will not deceive or disappoint. I love that. Though it tarry, wait earnestly for it. And remember, wait does not mean sit and do nothing. It means be expectant. Be neck outstretched. Pray over it. Be watching. Be praying. Be expecting. Because, listen, it will surely come. It will not be behind hand on its appointed day. I'm telling you, there are some days and seasons that God has appointed. Uh, here's, here's another one in, in the God's Word translation. You may have that up there. The vision will still happen. I like that. You know, that vision for us, we're gonna, we're, I see us debt free. You come to this church, you get in the same spirit of faith that we are, we're gonna be dancing in the aisles. I see us having a burn ceremony. We take that, that, that loan and we're gonna burn that thing. And we're going to dance and shout all night long. Hallelujah. I'm already envisioning the the party. Why? Because I know that it's going to happen. Listen, the vision will still happen at the appointed time. 
It hurries toward its goal. It won't be a lie. If it's delayed, wait for it. It will certainly happen. It won't be late. I call this building paid in full. And if you hook up with the same spirit of faith, your house will be paid in for. Your car will be paid in full. Instead of figuring out how to pay mortgages, what we're going to be doing is figuring out how to fund missionaries. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's buy another bus for the children's ministry. Hallelujah. Let's take another trip to Mexico, Tony. Hallelujah. That's what we should be doing. I see it. You've got to see it on the inside. Hallelujah. You've got to see these things. See, God controls the times and the seasons. Daniel chapter 2, verse 21. Is anybody getting anything out of this? This is speaking of God. And He changes the times and the seasons. He removes kings. Don't worry about politics. And He sets up kings. He giveth wisdom to the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. Look at, look at what it says in Daniel, Daniel chapter 9 in the NIV. In the first year of Darius, the son of Xerxes, uh, a Mede by descent, who was made ruler over the Babylonian kingdom in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood from the scriptures, according to the word of the Lord given Jeremiah the prophet, that the desolation of Ju- Jerusalem would last 70 years. Okay? So, so here's the response. All right, he saw a season in scripture that this, what, what we're experiencing, what he was experiencing at that time, it's supposed to only last 70 years. This is, he recognized and ascertained that the 70th year was there. And so he responded like this. So I turned to the Lord and pleaded to him in prayer and petition and in fasting and in sackcloth and in ashes. What was he doing? He was standing in the gap for the will of God to come to pass. Because it was time. Somebody say it's time. time. When you're waiting, you are praying and you're pulling and drawing. It's like it's like we're pulling it. It's coming and we're pulling it. Hallelujah. He saw that. Somebody say time's up. Time's up. Look at what it says in Daniel chapter six, verse three through four. I love this in the in in the uh, Living Bible. We're to pray out that process. So I earnestly pleaded with the Lord to end our captivity and send us back to our own land. As I prayed and fasted and wore rough sackcloth and sprinkled myself with ashes and confessed my sins and the sins of my people. Did you see what it said there? And the, you could see it clearly in the Living Bible. When he saw that the years were up, he went before God and says, God, deliver us from this captivity. It's time. So God requires us to work with him in the plan of God. Somebody say amen. That's why it's so awesome that we're, we're studying now on prayer on Sunday nights. Hallelujah. Appointed times. I'm going to say something really bold. It appears to me that appointed times require us to pray them through. It, it, it seems to me that for their fulfillment. So let me, let me go quickly about it. Boy, I could do this. I know, I know you'll, be, you'll be blessed by this. So I'm going I'm to do my best. Amen. How many of you still with me tonight? Zechariah 10.1. There is an appointed time and season for great revival and harvest. You've heard this before. But in the context of tonight, this is an appointed moed of God. Ask you of the Lord reign in the time. Somebody say time. 
of the latter rain. So the Lord shall make bright clouds and give him showers of rain to everyone grass in the field. Patsy Caminetti did a marvelous job teaching about how you how you uh, pray for rain and you take the word. Just phenomenal. This church has a wealth of teaching. But you know what I see? I see it's all coming together. We are coming together. The prayer, the faith, the finances, the spirit of faith, the patience. It's all working together to see this great end time harvest. Somebody said glory to God. It's time for rain. I can't go into all the rain does, but when rain starts to fall, it softens everything. It softens the heart. James 5, 7. So be patient, brethren, as you wait till the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer, back to plants, (laughs) see how the farmer waits expectantly for the precious harvest from the land. See how he keeps up his patient vigil. You've got to understand, God is watching Vigilantly over that seat. He's watching over your kids. He's watching over your unsaved mom or dad or whatever it is. Whoever, your, the co-worker that you've sown the seed. He's watching over that. And he wants us to watch over it too. And notice this. He he's, has this patient vigil over it till it receives the early and the latter rains. You think we should be praying for rain. Is that an appointed time? Somebody said yes. Maybe you'll shout a little more about this. There is an appointed season Right now in our lifetime for a wealth transfer that had come out of the hands of the wicked and into the hands of the righteous. That is a God-ordained season, an appointment in, in God's timeline, if you will. Proverbs 13, 22 in the King James Version. A good man leaveth an inheritance for his children's children. And the wealth of the sinner is laid up for who? The just, Proverbs 13, 22 in the Amplified. Well, do we have time for that? I think not. I'm going to go ahead and skip. Come now, uh, James 5, 1 through 3 uh, in the Amplified. Come now, you rich people, weep aloud and lament over the miseries and woes that are surely coming upon you. Your abundant wealth has rotted and is ruined, and your many garments have become moth-eaten. Your gold and silver are completely rusted through... And their rust will be a testimony against you and it will devour your flesh as it were fire. You have heaped, read this, you have heaped together treasure for what? For the last days. Where are we living? Friends, if you didn't figure this out now, let's let's figure this out together. We are living in the last days. If I ever saw last days, I, 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 I can't imagine it could get any more last than it is right now. We are in the last days. Job 27, 11 through 13. Really do have time for that. Uh, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to take Isaiah chapter 60. And put up there Isaiah 61 through 3. We're real, real close. And I, Oh, there was another one. <laughs> but that's all right. I'll just read this one. Hallelujah. It, by the way, in, 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 in the Amplified Bible, Job 27, 11 through 13 and 16 through 17 ends up this way. Though the wicked man heaps up silver like dust and piles up clothing like clay, he may prepare it, but the just will wear it and the innocent will divide the silver. <laughs> just a thought. Isaiah 60, verse 1 through 3, a change of season arise from the depression and prostration which circumstances have kept you. Rise to a new life. Shine, be radiant with the glory of the Lord. For your light has come. For the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and dense darkness all the people. 
But the Lord shall arise upon you, O Jerusalem, and his glory shall be seen upon you. And nations shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. And in verse 5 through 6, then you shall see and become radiant. Your heart shall swell with joy, verse 5 here. Because the, uh, say it, abundance. The abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. And the wealth of the Gentiles shall come to you. The great wealth of God's people will be impossible to hide both for the church and for Israel. God's people will have so much money that the nations and kings will come to see and the kings to the brightness of thy rising. Thine heart shall fear and be enlarged because of the abundance of the sea shall be converted unto thee. The forces or the wealth of the Gentiles shall come unto thee. Psalm 66, 12. I'm really trying my best for you tonight. Thou hast caused men to ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water, but thou broughtest us into what? A wealthy place. Friends, there's an appointed season for restoration. Hallelujah. The last P I'm going to say is keep your eye on the promise. You've got promises. And Abraham, Father Abraham, was a great example of the promises of God who against hope in Romans 4, 18 through 22 in the King James Version, who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. When he was about a hundred years, years old, neither the deadness of Sarah's womb. And he staggered not at the what? At the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Being fully persuaded that what he, God, had promised, God, he was able to perform. Praise God. Also to perform. And therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. Friends, let me just close with our opening text. Hallelujah. Where was it? <laughs> Hallelujah. Let, but you have need of... Let me go back to the beginning. <laughs> Where was that? One of my first ones. You have need of patience. Hallelujah. Hebrews 6.12. No, 10.36. For you have need of patience, that after you have done the word or the will of God, you might receive, carry away, enjoy and experience to the full what? The promise. God's trying to bless you. How many of you are going to be blessed? God Bless God. If it's the last thing I do, bless God. I'm going to see this church be blessed. I'm going to see you be blessed. Coming in and going out. Stand up, everybody. Let's shout. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your word. We give you glory, honor, and praise, Father. Hallelujah.